Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. So Romans 8, and we're going to start in verse 14. Notice what it says. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But we are to share his glory. We must also share his suffering. But notice it says, for we are children of God, and those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is real simple, is being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit on Sundays. We've been talking about who is the Holy Spirit. One week we talked about power and love. We talked about how the Holy Spirit comes to help us. But today I want to talk specifically about how does the Holy Spirit lead us in our daily life. You need to know this morning, you can hear God's voice. It's not weird It's not strange. It should be normal for a believer to hear God's voice. So we want to talk today about how we can hear God's voice and be led by the Spirit of God. It's important. You know, a lot of people will say that God is not speaking to me. That's actually not true. It's not that God's not speaking. It's that we're not listening. (laughs) God's always speaking, and we're going to get more into that as we go, and there's no condemnation, there's no shame when I say that, but it's not that God has stopped speaking 2,000 years ago and he doesn't speak anymore. No, God's still speaking, we're just not listening. And there's ways that we listen and hear God's voice, and and I'm not going to leave you hanging there. By the end of this message, I'm going to tell you some ways, some practical ways, how we can hear the voice of God, how we can be led by the Spirit. But God is always speaking. We serve a speaking God. He speaks to us. He leads us. He guides us. But we have to hear His voice. And that happens to us as believers by listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit within us. He leads us and he guides us into all truth. That's what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. It's not hard to hear from God, but it does take practice. We have to learn to hear the voice of God. We have to train our ear to hear the voice of God. In the Old Testament, uh, we see the story, I believe it was about Samuel, and he kept hearing the word Samuel, 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 and he heard that three separate times. And remember, he went to the priest and he said, are you calling me? And, and the priest said, no, I'm not calling you. And after the third time, he said, God's trying to speak to you, Samuel. But notice, Samuel didn't know God's voice yet, so he was unfamiliar with it. He had to train his ear to hear God's voice. It didn't happen automatically. God was speaking to him, but notice he thought it was just another man speaking to him at first. But uh, an older, wiser priest had to tell him, no, God is trying to speak to you. You just haven't trained your ear to hear his voice. But once you train your ear to hear his voice, it will get easier and easier to hear the voice of God. 
Once you train your ear, just like musicians train their ear to hear the right key and the right tone, it takes time, it takes practice, but once you got it, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. You know the wrong voices and you know the right voices. And that can happen in your life if you want to learn how to hear God's voice. But the Bible says there's many voices speaking to us. That's the problem. There's a lot of people talking to us. That's why we have to make sure we're listening to the right voice and the right leading and the right plan and the right spirit. Because the Bible says there's a lot of voices, none without significance. A lot of things speaking to us, but we have to train our ear to hear the right voice. And we can, and we're going to get more into that. We can hear God's voice. But you know, a lot of times it's not so much that God's not speaking is that we're not putting ourselves in a position to hear him. You know, um, I have a love-hate relationship with my cell phone because of service. Now, I have AT&T. I like AT&T. I realize Verizon is the number one with their service, but AT&T is second best. But you know what the worst place of reception is in my life? This office right here. The place I spend the most time in my entire life. Do you realize on my phone, this is a side note, on Google Maps, the little home sign is not at the house. It's at church because I spend more time here than my own physical house. Now, that says something about your pastor. And that does that automatically. Wherever you spend the most, there's a little, there's a little home sign. And on Google Maps, it's church. I spend most of my time in there, yet my cell phone does not work in there. But the thing is, it's not that my cell phone doesn't work. Come on now, somebody. It's not that the, and there's a lot of frustrating phone calls that go on in there. Because about half the conversation you can hear, half the conversation you can't hear. And you know what I have to do? It's not that the cell phone has the problem. It's not even the phone service necessarily. I have to change my position. Come on now, somebody. You got quiet last week. Come on, I, I need you to help me here. You, I have to change my position if I want to hear the voice on the other line. If I want to hear the voice, I have to change and do something different. If I, if I can't hear clearly, then it's not the other person's fault. I need to do something different. I need to change. I need to, and a lot of times I have to walk out of my office and stand out there in the parking lot and talk on my phone because then I can hear clearly, but I have to change my position. Let me tell you this morning, if you can't hear God's voice for an extended period of time, don't blame God. Don't blame your Bible. Don't blame church. Don't blame everyone else. Maybe you need to change your position. Maybe you need to humble yourself. Maybe you need to do something different. Maybe you need to change up your prayer time. Maybe you need to change up your worship life. Maybe you need to change up who you're listening to. But you got to do something different if you can't hear God's voice. In the same way, if you can't hear somebody on the cell phone, you're not going to just stay in the same room and and be frustrated about it. You're going to do something about it. Why? Because the voice on the other line is so important, you will change positions for it. There's certain people, if the phone's cutting out in there, I just say, I got to go. Bad service, sorry. 
But there's certain people, if I really want to hear their voice, I'll say, hold on a second. I'm going to walk outside because the voice on the other line is so important. I want to hear it. How much more God? How much more God? Are you willing to do something different to hear his voice? I don't hear him. We'll do something different then. Change your position then. Change it up. Don't blame the service carrier. Don't blame the cell phone. Do something different because God is always speaking. I want to be very clear this morning. When I'm talking about hearing God's voice, I'm not talking about hearing his audible voice. Because if that's what you're looking for, then we're all going to keep looking. But that's not the way that God speaks to us majority of the time. And I'm going to get into that a little bit further here. But we need to realize that we can hear God's voice. So let me take you a step further. So let's turn to John 10 and verse 1. John 10, verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. Notice what he says here, John 10 and verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up another way, the same as a thief and a robber. Now, before we go a little bit further, the whole context of this, Jesus is talking about he is the great shepherd and we're sheep. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. That's Jesus. To him, the doorkeepers opens and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep. That means you belong to Jesus. Now, he didn't say everybody hears his voice, but the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, what does the Holy Spirit do? He leads you. The promise of the Holy Spirit in Romans 8 says those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. Verse 5. Yet they will be by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Let's jump to verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Let's stop right here. Jesus said, talking to us, if we're saved, that's who he's talking to. We're his sheep, and he is the great shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Let's let's. Leave it right here. Because we need to understand this. It's a promise for us that we can hear the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Notice he says, and I will call them by name and lead them. Now how does he lead us? He leads us by his spirit. Those who are children of God are led by the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit's job is to lead and guide into all truth. And I love this because a lot of people have this generic idea of what following Jesus looks like, which actually means nothing. Because we've heard that so much. It's It's a churchy term. It's a Christian term. Are you following Jesus? I follow Jesus. But how so? In Christian terms, that just means you love Jesus and you got saved one time. That does not mean you're following Jesus just because you love Jesus and got saved one time in an altar. Following Jesus means you're following him every day of your life. 
you're listening to him every day of your life. This is not a one time at the altar I'm following Jesus. This is a progressive, ongoing thing that he is the great shepherd and you are a sheep. And wherever he goes, you go because you're being led by his spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? And it's a promise for us that we will hear the voice of God. But let's not make this following Jesus generic. Following Jesus means this. Because he didn't leave us alone, he sent us the Holy Spirit to help us do that. We follow Jesus, hear me, by letting the Spirit lead us daily. I'm going to say that one more time. How do you follow Jesus practically in your everyday life? You let the Spirit of God lead you daily. That's how you follow Jesus. We follow Jesus by letting His Spirit lead us daily. That's His Spirit. The Son and the Spirit are one. Just like the Father and the Son are one. And when you listen to the Holy Spirit daily in your life, in your decisions, in everything you do, and you obey and you follow that, you are doing what this verse says in following Jesus. Because that's his spirit that is talking to you. Am I helping you this morning? Listen to this. The Christian life is not about how good you can lead. It's about how good you can follow. Let me tell you something. You don't do a good job leading your life. You don't. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much success you have. You do not do a good job leading your own life. That's why he says to follow him and be led by his spirit because you don't do a good job leading yourself. And the honest people in here can say yes and amen to that. Because when you lead yourself, you hit and you miss. You're up and you down. You win some and you lose some. But when you're led by the Spirit, you're always making the right decision. You're always in the right place. You're always in the right plan. You always do the right things. You're always winning. You're always succeeding. You're always going from faith to faith. You're always going from glory to glory. When you let Him lead you. So you can lead you. And have part-time results. (laughs) Or you could let the Spirit of God lead you and have full-time results. Because he knows more than you. Because he is God. I'm preaching better than you're responding in this Methodist Assembly of God Church today. Come on now, you got to stir yourself up with me because I'm just getting going here. The Spirit of God does a better job leading your life than you do. And the sooner you humble yourself and realize that, the better your life will go. But notice the Spirit of God is a gentleman. You have to let him lead for him to lead your life. He will not push himself in there. Notice the enemy pushes you, but the Spirit of God leads you. The Spirit of God does this. He's leading, but he's not dragging you. He's leading. You have to follow him. The enemy does this. Come on, come on, come on. 
That's what the enemy does. He drags you. He pushes you. He, he forces you. But the Spirit of God leads you and guides you like a good shepherd does with the sheep. Come on now, somebody. But you have to let him lead your life. But it's a promise for the children of God. Those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. You say, well, I don't feel like I'm being led. But you can. That's the good news. We've all been in places where we're not being led by the Spirit. But that's our fault, not His. But the promise is that we can be continually led by the Spirit. Do you realize, I know this is going to stretch you, you have the potential to never make another mistake the rest of your life. I didn't say you were going to do that. But you have the potential. Listen to me. Don't you? Because if, if he's always leading you, and he's always right, and he's God, you have the potential to never make a mistake the rest of your life. If you listen to him. The problem is we don't listen to him 100% of the time. And so we get ourselves into a mess sometimes. But the Christian life is not about how good you can lead. It's how good you can follow him. Something about sheep. There's a lot of things about sheep. God uses the example of sheep so much in the Bible. And I know it's because it's a cultural thing. And, and during the time Jesus lived, there was a lot of shepherds. There was a lot of sheep. Everyone knew that. But also, something about sheep is sheep are stubborn. Sheep get themselves into problems. Sheep don't know what to do. You know, there's sheep that go down to the creek and drink, and they fall in and drown because they don't know better. Real life sheep do that. And God says, that's the way you are without me. Now, the humble people in here can admit that because I know I'm that way. Without God, I don't know how to trim my own wool. Recently, did you see that? There was a video of this sheep that hadn't been sheared in like 20 years. And the amount of wool, he could barely walk. It was just like a huge bubble. He looked like one of those bubble suits he was wearing. And it was just fur. Because that's what happens to you when you're left alone without the Spirit of God. Don't know how to feed yourself. Don't know how to clothe yourself. Don't know how to move forward. Don't know how to find water. Don't know how to find grass. Don't even know how to do anything apart from him. And God says, you're like sheep, and I'm the good shepherd, so listen to me. Not because he's trying to control you, he's trying to help you. He's trying to lead you. He's trying to guide you. He's not trying to hurt you, he's trying to help you. But we're all like sheep, and he's the great shepherd. We have to allow him to lead us. He leads, we follow. That's a choice. But once again, how do we follow Jesus practically? By letting his spirit lead us and speak to us daily. Let's look at another verse. John 16 and verse 12 in the message. I love this. It's talking about the spirit of God. Still talking about hearing God's voice. Notice what it says here. About the Holy Spirit, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you. That's what, that's what we're talking about. 
into all truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but he will make sense out of what is about to happen and indeed out of all that I have done and said. He will honor me, talking about the Spirit of God. He will take from me, how do we follow Jesus? By listening to the Spirit. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has also is mine. That is why I've said he takes from me and delivers to you. Aren't those some great verses? That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He takes what Jesus wants to do in our life, and he leads us and he guides us into all truth. Let's turn over to Proverbs 20 and 27. You still here today? I'm feeling good about this today. How about you? I feel like you're listening this morning. Proverbs 20, 27. It says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. I love that. I didn't read the King James, but the King James is kind of the, that nasty version. It says, Searching all the inner depths of his belly. Man, I don't want to search the inner depths of your belly, especially after what you go eat today for Mother's Day. But the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So, now why did I read this verse? There's a reason for it. We're still talking about hearing God's voice and being led by the spirit. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. I want to say this, that your spirit, your spirit, is the way that God will contact and speak to you. God is a spirit, and we are spirits. That's the real us. You have a body. You you have a soul, a mind, a will, and emotion, but the real you is a spirit. And the real version of God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And so he's going to contact you and speak to you in your spirit. Now, I'm saying that because I want to bring some clarity to you because a lot of Christians are being led by their bodies and their mind and emotions and think it's God. It's not. And if you do that, you're going to make wrong decisions and wrong mistakes because your body and mind can be influenced by not only your fleshly desires, which are wrong, but it will be influenced by the enemy whose battleground is your mind and emotions. So he can make you feel all sorts of type of ways to manipulate you to make a certain decision that's wrong. God will speak to you by your spirit, but the enemy will try to influence you in your body, in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. But I want to make that clear. When God speaks to us, he does not speak to our body. We can feel him with our body, but he does not speak to us by our body, and we should not be led by our body. I'm trying to teach you here. We can feel God in our mind, our will, and our emotions, our soul, but we are not to be led by our soul because our soul does not know the Spirit of God. Our soul can be manipulated and moved by the enemy very easily. And so, yeah, we can feel God in our soul, but we shouldn't be led by 
God in our soul. He doesn't lead that way. God leads you by your spirit. You are a spirit. That's the real you. And God is a spirit, so he contacts you and speaks to you in your spirit. Now, if you're not born again, you are spiritually dead, so you do not know the spirit of God. So it's kind of hard for him to contact to you. You you know, I know he does speak to people that aren't saved. I know he does. But the way he speaks to a believer is through his spirit. Because the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, now keep that in the back of your mind because we're going to talk about real practically three ways God speaks to us and he leads us by his spirit. The first way you can hear God's voice. You guys want to know? The word of God. How do we hear God's voice? How do we be led by the spirit? We listen and we read the word of God. It's really the easiest way to hear God speak. That's one of the ways that God will speak to you and lead you by His Spirit. We should never say that I can't hear God speak with a closed Bible. If I had a dollar... For everyone I know doesn't read the Bible and says, I cannot hear God speak. I say, yeah, you can. Because you have a Bible right in front of you and you never read it, you will never hear God speak. Start here and then maybe he'll start talking to you about something else. But the number one way we can hear God speak and be led by the Spirit is the Word of God. If you don't read your Bible daily, do not expect God to speak to you all the time. Because the main way God speaks to you is through his word. And we can't say, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. Open this up, and God will speak to you. If you want to hear the voice of God, read the Bible out loud, and you will hear the voice of God. The Bible is not a once spoken book. It is a book that is now speaking. Because the word of God, it says, is alive and it's full of power. It is still speaking today the same thing it spoke thousands of years ago because it is inspired by the spirit of God. I love this verse, and you could just write this down. We're not going to turn to it, but it says, and I believe it's 2 Peter 1.21, it says that the, the men of God who wrote the Bible down were led and carried along by the Spirit to write what they wrote. So think about this. The same Spirit of God that you want to lead you and guide you and speak to you is the same one who who led these men of God to write this book. So that means when you get into this book, since he inspired it, and he knows what he meant when he inspired it, he will speak to you about it when you read it. And really, beyond any pastor or theologian, the number one person qualified to tell you what the Bible means is the Spirit of God who inspired it. (laughs) I mean, you don't need to read a commentary for that. Ask him what he meant by it. 
And the Spirit of God wants to speak to you because he is the one who inspired it in the first place. So how do we hear God's voice? How do we be led by the Spirit of God? We need to get into God's Word. And when we get into God's Word, the Spirit of God, who helped write it, will speak to us through it. Now stay with me. We're still going somewhere. We're talking about hearing God's voice through the Word of God. The Word of God is always speaking to you. But remember we said the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So this is what happens. This is how, this is how you do this practically. Some of you got a Bible app, which is great. You got all sorts of translations. You can even press play and let the Bible app read it to you. I mean, we're getting really lazy at this point in time in life. If you just cannot Look at it for more than one minute and read a sentence. The Bible will read itself for you. We're in that time and day and age. But this is what happens practically. How do you hear the voice of God? You get into your Bible every day. Because God says he has daily bread for you. Do you eat physical food daily? Why? Because you either do that or you're going to be a grouch. You're going to be hangry all day. You, You know, if you don't eat, you die. Same way spiritually. There's a lot of Christians that haven't eaten in years. Like, I don't feel God. I don't hear God. Duh. You haven't eaten in years. You're starving to death, for goodness sakes. Well, too honest, you guys are like, huh. You're starving to death spiritually. And say, I, I, don't, I don't feel God anymore. I don't hear God anymore. I don't sense God anymore. I, the the The... Worship at church is just not anointed anymore. Pastor's just off. He doesn't feed me anymore. Last time I checked, you're not a baby. You can pick up your own fork and eat your own food. Because only babies have to be fed. This is what happens when you leave me home for a week. Isn't that true? I'm not with you all week. I'm only with you two hours. The rest of the week, you have a buffet. You can eat anytime you want. And I'm not being fed. I don't have spiritual food. <laughs> Be honest with yourself. You can eat anytime you want to eat. The, the food's there. If you don't eat physically, you get weak. If you don't eat spiritually, you get weak. And your spirit affects every part of your life. That's why it's so important we eat the word of God. But this is what we do. I'm sorry. I was a little too smart right there. But no, it's okay. It's probably the mucinex that I was taking. (laughs) It's not legal in some states. Took a lot of it last week. You get in this Bible. And you're reading it. We said this the other week. This is old Tommy Birchfield saying, put the word of God in you when you don't need it. Ah. So it will be there when you do need it. But there's a principle to that. So you get in your Bible daily, like even in Leviticus. Trust me, there's stuff in there if you're looking. And you start reading the Bible, and you're just reading. All of us have been here. All of us have been here. And you know what? Sometimes you feel like, I'm not getting anything out of this. God's not speaking to me. I'm just reading, and I'm reading. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That part I don't understand. This part I do understand. But then there's usually one verse. 
Three people? There, there's only three people that ever had that happen to them in here. There, there's one verse, or there's one even word in there that jumps off the page to you, and you're just like, hold on. Now, now this, this verse is smiling at me right now. This verse is standing out, or this word is standing out to me right now. It's jumping off the page. What's going on here? What's happening? The Spirit of God is speaking to you. He's the same one who wrote it, so he's speaking to you because the word of God is alive and it's full of power. And it's not once spoken, it's now speaking. And so that happens, and a lot of times we take that for granted and like God's not speaking. No, that was God speaking. That verse that jumped off the page was God speaking to you what you needed. That word that jumped off the page was the Spirit of God speaking to you. And a lot of times we'll say, it just seems like that that lit up. You know, that's a spiritual term. And let me explain that to you because when something is illuminated in the Bible, it means revelation. So this is what happens. Because what the Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Come on, come on, Jesus, light my fire. You know what I'm saying? The lamp of the Lord. So this is what happens. When we're reading our Bible and something jumps out at us or lights up, that is the Spirit of God speaking to us, giving us revelation on what he wants to share with us. So this is what the, the Bible has two different words for the word. There's, there's a word called logos, which is the written word. That's what you're reading. But then there's another word called rhema, which is the revealed word. But you got to read the logos, the written word, for the rhema, the revelation word, to jump out at you. And when it jumps off the page, that's what's called a rhema, a revelation. That's called light, illumination coming to you. And the spirit of man, notice, is the lamp of the Lord. That's where God lights you up in your spirit by his word. But you have to read the Logos if you want to get the Rhema. But let's think about this idea of Rhema. Rhema is when God gives you a revealed word. The Bible uses the, the language of light. It lights up. You know, just like when you see a cartoon and someone gets an idea, there's a light bulb on top of their head. That's a revelation coming to them. Same way when you read your Bible, when, when a word lights up or a verse lights up, that's revelation. That's a Rhema that God is speaking to you. Let's read this verse in Psalm 119, 130. This is what it's talking about right here. Psalm 119, 139. Well, can we pull up Psalm 119, 130 if you have it? Sorry, I think I gave you the wrong verse. Psalm 119, 130. If we can turn there. So we got to get into the Logos before we can get the Rhema. We got to read the written word before we can get the revealed word. So Psalm 119, I think 130 is the right verse. That's a good verse. 130, the entrance of your words, notice, give light. What's light? Revelation. Rhema. And it gives understanding to the simple. So when we read the word of God and something jumps off the page or a word jumps off the page, that's the spirit of God giving us light, giving us revelation, speaking to us. The entrance of your word gives light. Let's read another verse, Hebrews 4 and 12. 
Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Let's look at another verse. Still talking about God speaking through his word. Proverbs 6.20. Proverbs 6.20. My son, keep your father's command. Do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your neck. Tie them around your neck. He's talking about the word. Notice what it says. And when you roam, they will lead you. And when you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment, notice, is a lamp. Are you getting this? The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Revelation. And the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So God will speak to you through the word of God. So that's, I would say, the number one way, if I could tell you this morning, that God is going to lead you by his spirit and speak to you is the word of God. And notice, don't give up. When you read the word of God and you feel like you're not getting anything out of it, keep reading it. Maybe you won't see that verse today, but trust me, one day it will come back to you when you need it. Keep reading it, and trust me, there will be a word that jumps out at you or a verse, and that is the Spirit of God giving you revelation, giving you light on what you need to know. This is probably the most neglected because, especially in America, we all have 50 Bibles, 100 Bibles on our Bible app, and there's people in third world countries that have a page of the Bible and that are reading it daily. But we take it flippantly because we're familiar with it in America. This is still the Word of God. No, come on, I need a little bit better response than that. The Bible is still the Word of God. I know in a culture that's telling you this is just old, archaic, ancient book that's out of touch with culture and reality. No, this is still the Word of God. And it's an eternal book, and it's a speaking book, and it's alive, and it's full of power, and it's a divine book written for us. The Bible is still the Word of God. So if you want to hear God's voice, listen and read His Word. You guys still here? Okay. Here's another way God leads us. Let's turn to Romans 8, 14 through 16. We're going to get there. You guys get something this morning? For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. And now we call Him Abba, Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm affirm that we are God's children. For those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. So the number one way God will speak and lead to you is the word of God. God speaks to us through his word by the spirit. And here's a little side note before we share the next thing. If you want to hear God's voice, take it serious. When you're reading your Bible, if you read it flippantly, you will get flippant results. If you go to read your Bible and you have no pen and no paper and you're not ready to write anything down, you're saying, I'm not expecting to hear anything. 
If you go into it with an attitude expecting to hear God's voice, he will meet you there. But a lot of times we just read it out of duty, out of religiousness. And trust me, you're not going to get much out of it that way. I mean, God's a good God. He will, he will help somebody who's not even doing it right. But if we really want to get some out of the word of God, we have to want it. And the spirit of God will speak to us. Okay, here's the next way that God will lead you by his spirit and speak to you. The inward witness, or we could call it the inward peace. God speaks to you by the inward witness, or we could say inward peace. Once again, everything I'm saying, none of the things I'm saying the way God speaks to you is audibly. That's what we want. Now, I know there's been situations where people have heard the audible voice of God. I'm not in that category. But just because he speaks differently than you want him to does not mean he's not speaking. You know, the reason I believe he speaks to us in these ways and not like putting stuff on billboards or yelling at us because it requires faith. It requires no faith if you put your instructions on a billboard every time you got up. It would take no faith if he was yelling at all of us from heaven. I mean, that would be loud. If he was yelling at all of us in heaven to get us to listen. No, he speaks to us in ways that require faith. It takes faith to read the word of God and expect to hear his voice and then he'll lead us. It takes faith to be led by the inward witness or the inward peace. So, He will lead you by the inward witness or inward peace. It's real simple. If you are born again, you have the Spirit of God within you, and we're going to give you a verse in a second. He will lead you by peace. That means he does not even need to say anything to you. He will lead you by peace. Even the most spiritually immature people understand this concept. And you can give examples of times that you didn't follow the peace. How many times have we ever went somewhere and something happened? Went to a party or went, or went a certain way home from work or, or said a certain thing, and afterwards you go, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I just didn't feel right about that. <laughs> Who was that? That was the Spirit of God trying to lead you by His peace. And if you didn't feel settled about doing something, that was the Holy Spirit telling you, Stop! Don't go this way. Don't do that. But a lot of people override the peace because it's not loud, it's not a billboard. But God will lead you by His Spirit by peace. You know when things are right and when they're not right if the Spirit of God's in you because you have peace or you don't have peace. It's real, it's real simple. We've all had situations where we did something we shouldn't have done and we go, man, I knew it. I felt that before. I, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I didn't have peace about it. And you overrode the peace and then something bad happened. The Spirit of God was trying to warn you. He's trying to help you. Or there's other situations, even though they could stretch you a little bit, you go, no, I got peace about that. Maybe it was a calling. Maybe it was a relationship. 
Maybe it was a financial thing, and it could have even been bigger than you. But your mind was telling you, no, but there was peace right here, and it worked out just the way that God said it. He was leading you by his peace. I'm not going to leave you hanging. i got a verse for you. Let's turn to Colossians 3 and verse 15. Are you receiving this today? I'm trying to give you some practical help on how you can be led by God's Spirit. Colossians 3.15, the Amplified, this is what it says. And let the peace, notice what it says, soul harmony which comes from Christ rule. Act as an umpire continually. In your hearts, notice, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ of one body you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Let's jump back to the first part of this verse. And let, notice, the peace of Christ rule and act as umpire in your hearts or your spirit. Notice what it will do. It will decide and settle questions that arise in your mind in that peaceful state. Let's leave this up here. So a way that God speaks to us and leads us is by the inward witness or inward peace. Are you still following me today? So this is how this works practically. It says, let the peace of God rule. Notice, you have to. You have to decide this. I'm going to let the peace of God rule in my heart. When it says rule, that means the peace of God is going to be my decision maker. Not my mind. Not my circumstances. I'm going to let the peace of God rule. Because the peace of God will always be right because it will be in line with what the Spirit of God is saying. And it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts continually and act as umpire. Now, how many know about baseball? Now, what, is a, what does an umpire do? Well, this is, I, I always want to do this just for fun because I like it when they do this. They go, hit right. They don't say strike. They say, hit right. I can't do it when they say ball, but when they say strike, there's something about it. They're like, hit right. You got some umpires that are a little more explosive than others about it. It says that, You need to let the peace of God rule or make your decisions as a believer and act as umpire continually. What does an umpire do? He says, in or out. (laughs) He says, wrong or right. He says, yes or no. Notice there's not multiple choices. It's real simple. And that's what the Spirit of God does in your life is you've listened to him. He wants to be the umpire. So when something comes up in you, he'll say, that's out. You are out of my will. This is out. This is a ball, and you're going to have to walk the guy. You're way out. Or he'll say, no, that's in. That's in. You're, you're, you're hitting it right. That's in my perfect will. That's in my perfect plan. You're in. He'll say yes, or he'll say no. And the peace of God will be your rule or your guide. Are you following me today? But it says you have to let him rule and act as umpire continually. Outer in, 
right or wrong, yes or no. That's what an umpire does. It's not multiple choice. It's either in or it's out. But how do we know that? The peace of God. The peace of God. You guys know that by the peace of God. Now, let me give you an example right now. You're going to hear God's voice. You ready? How many of you know that you're children of God in here? Raise your hand. Okay, put your hand down. Who told you that? When I said that, what did you feel? You felt right here, you felt like, yes, didn't you? If you raised your hand, you felt like, yes, that's me. You didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't make you raise your hand. I said, do you know that you're children of God? How did you know that? The Spirit of God said yes. You felt peace about it when I said that, and that's why you raised your hand. And notice what it said in Romans 8, 16. It says this exact thing. Romans 8, 16, if we could pull that up for us real quick. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Congratulations, all of you just heard the voice of God. It was that easy. I didn't make you raise your hand, but when I said, if you are children of God, raise your hand, what happened? You felt peace, and you felt internally, you felt yes, and you raised your hand. Why? Because God's spirit was speaking to your spirit that you are the children of God. You just did it. You're one for one right now on hearing God's voice. But God will lead us by the inward witness or inward peace. Next thing. God wants to lead us by the inward voice. 1 Kings 19 and verse 11. And I'm going to close here soon. Thank you for listening today. So notice God will lead you by the word of God. He speaks to you by his spirit, by the word of God, but he also speaks by his inward witness and peace, but he also speaks by the inward voice. 1 Kings 19 and verse 11. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after a fire, a still small voice. Now he's speaking to Elijah here, who's really depressed right now. And God's speaking to him, and notice, there was all these wild, supernatural, powerful things that happened. Fire, and mountains, and water, and all this. And it says, God was not in all of that, he was in the still, small voice. Once again, all these things require faith. It would be easy if they were loud, and shouting, and billboards, and But we're not led by that. We're led by the word of God. We're led by inward peace and the inward witness, and we're led by the inward voice. Notice, the still small voice requires that you get quiet, which none of us know how to do. 
most of us haven't been quiet in 20 plus years at this point. So I don't hear God's voice. Yeah, because you got the TV on, you got the podcast on, you got your kids yelling, you got the radio on, you're scrolling through social media. I don't hear God's voice because it's too loud. And you can't hear a whisper when it's loud. You can't hear a whisper in a still small voice when there's clutter. You can't hear a whisper in a still small voice when there's so many distractions. You have to hear a still small voice to get really quiet and you need to get really close. That's how you hear a still small voice. You know, when your kids are younger and their voices are not as loud as they will be eventually. You know, it happens quickly. A lot of times you got to get down real low. Why? Because they have a still small voice and you have to get quiet and you got to get close. If you want to hear God's still small voice, you got to get quiet and you got to get close. Come on, let's be honest in here. A lot of us are not quiet or close. We say, I struggle hearing God's voice. Even your pastor can get cluttered in his time and there's things that are too loud. And I feel that sometimes, but God says you need to get quiet and you need to get close. You know where I go? Charleston State Park. I'm not telling you what trail because you're not going to find me. You know why I got to go out there? Because I got to get quiet and I got to get close. I got to be away from distractions. I got to be away from other voices and I got to be close to God. And then I can hear God's voice. Are you guys getting any help today? But God will speak to us by the inward voice. I love this. Brother Hagin said this about the inward voice. He says, we're always looking for the spectacular, but we miss the supernatural. That's why we miss the still small voice. We're looking for the billboard. We're looking for the prophecy. We're looking for the piece of burnt toast that's in the shape of Jesus to tell us something about. You're laughing, but some Christians live off that. Man, I think the clouds were shaped like a cross today. God, I thank you. I think you're speaking to me right now. My toast was burnt. No, you just left it on too long. It's not the Spirit of God. I had a gummy bear shaped in, in, in the shape of the apostles, and I feel like it was God. No, they just messed up at the gummy bear factory. It's not God speaking to you. But Brother Hagin said about the still small voice, we always look for the spectacular, but we will miss the supernatural because God's speaking to us by the supernatural. I'm going to close and say a few more things. I know I've been saying that for a while. I didn't see you for a week, guys. Technically, I got two hours if I wanted to take it, but I'm not going to take two hours because you owe me last week. I missed you. You know, we're big on saying we're spirit-filled. We're spirit-filled. We're a spirit-filled church. Yeah, we're spirit-filled. We got power. We got love. We're spirit-filled. I'm for it. I'm with it. I'm on team spirit-filled. Always been. 33, nine months. Spirit-filled team. That's great. But here's another side of being spirit-filled because we're trying to be well-balanced, spirit-filled people. And remember that one week we said we can't just be power, 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 power. We've got to be power and love. And all the spirit-filled people said, oh, i got to be nice to people. I need to walk in love. Yeah, that's what the power is for. Not just for miracles, but to walk in love with others. But here's the other side of being spirit-filled. Spirit-filled 
should mean being spirit-led. And how many know in the body of Christ, I'm just saying, this is what people say about us. A lot of spirit-filled people do stuff that they say is God's spirit, and then it doesn't turn out right, and they look dumb. And they make people that are spirit-filled look like they don't know what they're talking about. That should not be. The so-called spirit-filled people should not be all the people making crazy decisions and saying, it's the Holy Ghost. No, if you're really spirit-filled, then you'll really be spirit-led. That means your life won't be a train wreck and a bunch of bad decisions saying, you got the Holy Ghost. I'm just saying, that's what people say about us. I'm just telling you what is on the Internet. A lot of people associate spirit-filled people as being crazy in their decision-making skills. Wild. But notice, when the Spirit of God comes on you and in you and fills you, He gives you a sound mind. He doesn't make you out of control. He gives you self-control. But spirit-filled means spirit-led. So the three ways God speaks to us is the Word of God, the inward witness and peace, and the inward voice. I'm going to say this lastly, and I need to close. Because you got mothers to take to lunch, and you got pictures to take. But I want to give you a recent example of this. And as your pastor, I've made plenty of mistakes in my life. Not listening to the voice of God, overriding peace, many. And so have you. I'm not proud about that. But the point of this message is not to condemn us for what we've done wrong. Is saying we can start new and hear from God clear in the future. And we don't have to keep making mistakes because God wants to speak to us. But here's a recent, recent example of this as a church family. And we'll close with this story. But particularly talking about the inward witness and inward peace. And also the inward voice. Those things have happened to me recently about a specific thing, and I want to share it with you. So, as you know, our church is trying to go to another level. We got big things to do. Big places to go. People to see. God's called this church to do a lot of great things. Does anybody agree with that? Sometimes we don't think it when we look around. We're like, we see the same people every week. No, but God is moving, and there's things that God has called us to do. And the prophecies still say for multiple people that we respect, this church is called to be a region-changing church. And I realize that a church of 200-some people doesn't feel like a region-changing church. But you got to start somewhere. And we're moving that way. And so recently... Uh, you know, I'm always thinking and praying about this, and I know the intercessors are praying for me just in case I didn't pray that day. They got my back. Joking. And so we've been talking about, okay, you know, we've done a lot of new things at church. And there's been fruit in that. The life groups, that's the thing we've done. Or, you know, we, we've stepped up the quarry and the kids on the rock and the way this church looks and feels and the music's different. And all sorts of things are different because we're trying to be excellent. We're, we want to be anointed and we want to be that type of church, a region-changing church. Are you with me? But we know it, it's going to take steps to get to where we need to go. 
And so there's, there's things that we need to change and things we need to do. But anyways, recently, um, people are always telling me, well, pastor, you just tell us what to do and we'll do it. We'll go. Okay, no pressure. I just got to figure out where we're going. <laughs> where are we going, God? Where are we going, God? What should we do next? And I shouldn't be fearful of that, and I'm not, because he's already led me a hundred other times, and it worked out fine. You can see the fruit in our church at the time being. That doesn't mean I've done everything right. But, so, so recently, me and, this is a special little story, me and Michael Manning got together. It's a good thing he accepted my invitation. Because I said, Michael, I need you to do some stuff at church for me. And, but I need you in person. This text message and email stuff is not going to work. I need you in person. And he goes, okay. And I said, I will buy you Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> That's how I get most people to work for me. I will buy you Puerto Vallarta if you will come up and help me. So he did. So, we were talking, and we were working on stuff together, and we were eating Puerto Vallarta, and we were doing stuff on the computer, and I hadn't thought this way, and this little inward witness piece came on me, and I just kept wanting to ask Michael, like, Michael, would you ever want to work for church? But I was thinking, I can't ask him that right now because I don't want to get his hopes up, and then I can't come through. And this is a side note. This is a little joke, but it's true. Out of all the choices I had, he's probably the most expensive choice on the list of qualified candidates for Church on the Rock because he's the best. But notice the fear got on me. Don't bring it up to Michael. You can't say you're going to hire him right now. You, don't, you haven't even asked Ms. Donna about the money. <laughs> Michael, you're hired. Who, whose paycheck is that coming out of? I think uh, it's going to come out of Ms. Donna's or somebody's. I don't know. We'll take it out of heart for the house or BioVenture Week or something. Joking. We don't do that kind of stuff. So I, I was like, I can't say that. So this is what we were doing. We're on the computer. He's working on stuff. And because I know that our church needs to go to the next level, but it's needing more full-time people to push it to that direction because we can only do so much. And because dad needs more help with his ministry to go to where it needs to go. And it's growing behind the scenes, whether you see it or not, both of those areas. So this is what I said. Michael's on the computer. I said, hey, would you ever want to work at church? He's like, oh, I've always wanted to work at church. I was like, okay, cool. And then so we just went back to doing what we were doing. Because I was like, I can't say what I'm feeling right now. And I let it go. So for a whole entire week after, and this is just a few weeks ago, because people keep praying, once again, people keep praying that I'm going to hear the voice of God on the future of this church, that I'm going to hear the voice of God on what's the next step of the plan or what's the next thing to do or what's the next thing to implement. I'm praying that and other people are praying that. But how many know it comes by being led by the Spirit? So this is what happens. First, I felt the inward peace. That's why I brought it up to Michael. But for the next entire week, I kept hearing this phrase in my spirit. Still small voice. It wasn't audible. It wasn't on a billboard. Michael 
is the next step for church. And then it just kept repeating, Michael is the next step for church. Notice he didn't tell me next steps. He told me the next step. And that's the way God speaks to you. He doesn't give you the full plan. He gives you the next thing you need to do. And God kept saying, Michael is the next step for church. So I couldn't, I couldn't fight it. I couldn't budge it. The inward peace and the inward witness. So I called Mike up at like 9 o'clock one night. And I said, so, Michael, I'm thinking about this pertaining to church. I want to talk to you about it. And I don't know how you feel about it. And he's like, I already know what you're going to talk to me about. But, but who told you? Because... <laughs> But notice, the same spirit that told me, told him. And he said, ever since we met the other week, I've had peace drop in my heart about it too, before you even said anything to me about it. Why? Because the spirit of God will lead you by his peace and by his inward voice. And I said, so Michael, I feel like we need to do this. I feel like this is the next step. And God keeps saying, Michael, you are the next step for church. The next thing you need to do, do you want to do that? Is that what you're feeling? He said, yeah, I have peace about this. I said, well, you know what? No pressure. But all of church and dad's ministry is riding on you, Michael Manning. Because <laughs> God said, Michael, it's the next step of Church on the Rock. So we either rise and fall based off Michael or Manning. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. So I said, no pressure, but say yes or no here. I need a yes or no. And he said, I'm all in. I've had peace about it since we, you even barely opened the door. And he said, actually, you don't know this. Back at IUS when I first came all those years ago, and, you know, he was struggling to get Amzie right with the Lord and come to church in the first place. Um, we got Amzie with a chili dinner. That's how we got him. And... It worked out. It paid off in the end. So whoever made that chili, we appreciate it. He's here. And um, he wouldn't come for the preaching, but he came for the fellowship, you know. But some of you guys excel at that anyways. Um, if the shoe fits, hey. hey. If you'll be the next worship leader and eat the chili, we'll take it. But Michael said, all the way back to IUS, I told God, in my heart, I had peace about it. I said, that's the desire of my heart. One day, I want to work for church and help, help Pastor Jordan, help Dr. Jacobs. And he's felt that for all these years. And then it came full circle, and God gave him peace and me peace. But I know it was supernatural because I wasn't even having that thought in my mind. But God kept saying, Michael's the next step. Michael's the next step. Michael's the next step. So, hey, in a few weeks, Michael's coming on full-time staff at Church on the Rock. So we're excited about that. But I just wanted to give you a real-life example that God is using those ways to speak to us and Michael. What I said today, the inward peace and the inward voice. Did you guys get anything today? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.